Well, good morning, ladies and gentlemen. This is the Truckers Podcast. Morning show, coffee with you. Current events, local, world news, and trending. I am your host, Doug, from London, Ontario, Canada. Thank you for joining me this morning. gentlemen and uh, welcome to the show here Monday morning at 9 30 a.m. Well another Easter over and done with and as the same as last year no large family gatherings for Easter dinner at least I hope not. We didn't have Easter this weekend Now, you know, starting um, tomorrow, because, you know, the kids, um, they still have today off. And this is known as um, Easter Monday. So here we have another um, public school here in the city of London. Um is closed, has been shut down because they had an outbreak in the public school. Now, you know, growing up as a kid, you know, we had, you know, snow days because there's just too much snow to go to school. You know, then you had your, your, uh, your PDA, your, your PD days. You know, then you had your your March break, your Easter break, your Christmas break, you know, your summer holidays. But there was no time ever that I ever recall going to school as a kid. You know, when the flu season came around, they didn't shutter schools. They didn't shutter businesses. They didn't shut down the economy because it's flu season. You see, ladies and gentlemen, because there is a difference between this virus and influenza. Two thirds of the staff isolating after they had three cases of COVID-19 at a London, Ontario school here in my city. This is another school. The elementary school is closing temporarily after three cases of the COVID-19 has been reported. Two-thirds of the staff and half of the students are in isolation. Three positive COVID-19 cases were reported at the Holy Rosary Catholic Elementary School here in London. So now the school will be closed for four days has set out to reopen after the spring break. So they go to school tomorrow through, they don't go to, they don't go to school all this week. I have the spring break off and then hopefully everybody's good and everybody can recover and they can get back to work and go back to school. Now, earlier this month, two other schools within the London district school board were temporary closed due to COVID-19 cases. Back in March, late March, there's only been like three weeks and now we're looking at all these schools, you know, being closed because 
you know, they have an outbreak. One person getting COVID in a school, as far as I'm concerned, is an outbreak. One person getting COVID in a, in a place of business, that's an outbreak. We have another outbreak on the university campus over this weekend. Another one. How does this happen? I don't know. I don't know what people are doing out there. I really don't know. So these kids and teachers will be off until after the spring break. And this is why, you know, I was talking yesterday about how important it is to get our teachers and our essential workers vaccinated. Pfizer is working on, on the vaccination for kids. Hopefully by the fall time, they're saying they'll have something. Now, other things that have been happening around our region here across Ontario. I just found this this um, story this morning and I have no pity for these people. I have no empathy for these people because they were just really ignorant in the first place and they knew back in December that we always had you know, um, an advisory not to travel. Just in case, right? Just in case you travel to a destination and somehow they had a massive outbreak over there and you're unable to leave. The United States and Canada's border has been closed for a year, so you can't drive across it. So these people that go to Florida on a regular basis, you know, they basically stuck their middle finger up to everybody. And they found a loophole on how to get their vehicles across the border and still travel down to their destinations, whether they were going to Arizona, or whether they were going to Florida. And how they did this is was they hired a transport company they put their RVs on the truck and the transport truck takes it across the border and they jumped on a private plane and they flew across to into the United States, jumped in their RVs and basically gave everybody else the middle finger and away they went. No travel advisory is going to stop me from doing anything. So then over the course of time, the federal government here in Canada came up with a new rule. And not only that, the airlines also agreed that they wouldn't be flying to other sunny destinations. So for these idiots out there, and a lot of them from Quebec, and yes, here from Ontario too, so these idiots, ignorant as they are, decided that they're just going to do this anyway. So with the, with the new rules were uh, put in place sometime after Christmas and runs to the end of April, is that before you come back, you have to be tested for COVID-19 and you have to have proof of that and it has to be a negative test. And then once you arrive back in Canada, you have to take another COVID-19 test, which you have to pay for. And then you have to quarantine in a hotel for three days at your own expense. And once you get your results back, and if you test negative, you can go home and you quarantine for the rest of the remainder of time. 
if you test positive, then you would have to be put into a government facility for your quarantine. Those are the rules, ladies and gentlemen. And this was made after these people, Canadians, decided that they were going to go anyways. Now, as they're coming back to Canada, you know, for the spring and are experiencing frustration over having to undergo the federally mandated hotel quarantine, even after, after getting shots. Now, see, that was another thing. You know, you took advantage of another country, took away vaccines for the people of another country to get your sorry ass vaccinated. You're a Canadian. These vaccinations were meant for Americans. But you made damn sure with your ignorance that you would get vaccinated. Now, another thing about our vaccinations, ladies and gentlemen, it's not a cure. You know, people, these, these people seem to have this mindset that, oh, this is a cure. Now that I'm vaccinated, I'm never going to get COVID-19. That's not true. It's just like you get the flu shot. You know, you get the flu shot, it doesn't stop you from getting the flu. You may or may not get it. The same with this, you may or may not get it. And if you do get it, hopefully the symptoms aren't as bad. So they have this little mindset in their little pea brains. Now, you know, as far as I'm concerned, you really don't have the right to bitch and complain about the rules coming back into Canada when you are ignorant enough in the first place and thought it was funny that you could have your RV taken across the border by transport truck and then fly across, jump in your RV. He thought that was hilarious. People were not taken too kindly that here, your fellow Canadians. The new quarantine measures what went into effect in late February that include the additional PCR tests for those flying back once they arrive, as well as up to three days quarantine in a hotel, which I said, which could cost an ample of $2,000 that travelers have to pay out of their own dime, which I have no problem with that because of your ignorance of leaving when there's a travel advisory on in the first place. Now, they've gone since December and they're coming back here in April and they're bitching and complaining about the price that is too expensive or whatever like that. If you can afford to pay extra to have your RV put on a truck, taken across the border and take a private flight across the border, this should be no problem for you to pay. And the reasons for the restrictions, at least according to the Health Canada and several immunology experts, is that while vaccines are effective at preventing severe illness in those who have contracted the disease, it still isn't clear if getting a jab prevents a person from spreading the virus. So just because you've got your little needles down in there in the United States, it doesn't prevent you from spreading the virus. This is the problem with people, ladies and gentlemen, it really is. Still, Canadians returning from popular snowbird locations such as Florida have expressed fear at the federal government's mandate. You don't have the right to express your fear at anything. We, as Canadians who stayed home, are doing our part. No, we're pissed off at you because you went anyways. We're turn the tables here because I don't feel sorry for you that you have to have to have this test done when you come back to Canada. I don't feel sorry for you that you have to self isolate in a hotel and pay for it. 
What's going on in this country right now is that we are on an increase of these infections. And yet your sorry ass is complaining that you have to self-quarantine and pay for it. When you spent the entire winter down there in Florida and just shot everybody back the finger, you do not have the right to complain. It's just like, it's just like if you didn't vote and you bitch and complain about, about the politics, you don't have that right. You didn't vote, don't complain. You went against the travel advisories. You played your little game and now you're going to pay for it coming back. Thank you for joining me. I'm your host, Doug from Ontario, Canada. I'm just out here this morning to, you know, uh, mentioning earlier uh, before you came on the show that uh, there is uh, another uh, public school here in the city of London re, uh, where I reside is going to be closed for the remainder of this week and over the their spring break because of an outbreak of COVID-19. This is the fourth such school in three weeks. Now, my other topic that I'm talking about here, um, Canada has always, from the beginning of this pandemic, has always had a travel advisory. You're advised not to travel outside of the country, right? The land borders between the United States and Canada has been closed for over a year. So that means you cannot drive back and forth between Canada and the United States. So how these Canadians got their vehicles over into the United States was by transport. Because the essential workers and transport truckers were the only ones able to cross between Canada and the United States of our land borders. Then they would jump on a private flight, fly across the border, jump in their RV, and shoot the finger back at everybody else and laugh and say, ha ha, we're going down to Florida for the winter anyways. You know, you can shove your travel advisories up your ass, basically is what they're saying. So now it is springtime and they have to come back. And they're complaining about the new rules that were put in place in February by the federal government here in Canada. That before you arrive back into this country, you are to have a COVID test done and you are to test negative. And when you arrive back here in Canada, you are to have another COVID test, which you have to pay for. And then you have to isolate in a, in a mandated hotel for three days, wait for your negative test, and then you can go on your merry way and self-isolate at home for the remainder of time. If you test positive, then you will be put in a government facility until you're better. So now they're bitching and complaining that they have to jump through these hoops in order to come back into Canada. And it's absolutely ridiculous. I mean, it, it, you know, they don't have the right to complain about this. You snubbed the rules. You snubbed your fellow Canadians. It's just like if you vote, if you didn't vote, and you don't like the politics, you don't have the right to bitch and complain about it because you didn't cast your vote. So you play your little games and then, oh, you know, I'm a Canadian who's been in Florida since December, fully vaccinated. Now, wait a second here about fully vaccinated because, you know, back, you know, the United States were starting vaccinating um, their citizens. And not only are they complaining about coming back to Canada on, on how you know, we have these new rules in place. They have the nerve to get vaccinated down in the, in the United States, taking vaccinations away from Americans. These are Canadians taking vaccinations away from Americans who need the vaccinations. And they're saying because, oh, they, oh, oh we're fully vaccinated and, you know, we're, we're, you know, we're good now. That's not how it works, ladies and gentlemen. 
It's just like the flu shot. We get a flu shot, you know, per, to to protect us from the severity of the flu. Just like we're being vaccinated from this coronavirus to protect us from the severity of it. There's no um, research done out there saying, you know, now you will not transmit it. They don't know if you can transmit it or not after you've been vaccinated. So they use this excuse, oh, I'm vaccinated now, you know, I snubbed your rules anyways, and I'm coming back. You know, no, it doesn't work that way. It just doesn't. Another one here, all of us people returning to Canada who who snubbed our, our, our uh, travel advisors, thanks to the U.S. for giving us our vaccine. No, you know, that's just plain ignorant. You took vac- uh, vaccines. I'm not talking a couple Canadians here, ladies and gentlemen. I'm talking over, you know, thousands of Canadian idiots who snubbed the rules, went down there, and they get vaccinated down there. You're taking vaccines from people that need it. Unbelievable. Now, now in previous interviews they had with the news, Canadians who went, who or, um, also expressed frustration over the strict measures saying, they should be forced to quarantine like other incoming Canadian travelers. Yep, absolutely. There's a couple that was uh, uh, vacationing who left for Florida in December, say they were able to get fully vaccinated in January. So what? They both argue that since they were able to get the vaccine, they should be at least be able to quarantine at home instead of having to, to spend three days at a hotel on their own dime. No, absolutely not. That doesn't exempt you from coming back into this country. Thank you for joining me. I'm your host, Doug, from Ontario, Canada. You know, I'm kind of going on a little bit of a rant here, you know, because our fellow Canadians who had snubbed our travel advisory since we've had it in place since this pandemic and and found loopholes on how they can get their vehicles across into the United States because you can't drive them across. And then bitch and complain about coming back that they have to jump through all these hoops. They have to self-isolate in a hotel on their dime and they're, com- and they're complaining about it when they shouldn't have been traveling in the first place. And how many Canadians that they pissed off and it's not just those ones. It's ones who flew other to destinations. We had politicians doing it. We had a politician here in the Ontario government. Now get a load of this. He did a Christmas announcement on Christmas Day. It was him sitting in a chair beside his fireplace, thanking all Canadians for doing your part during this, this, this troubled times of this pandemic you know, staying home and making all these sacrifices. And guess what? That was a recorded video. He was down in the Sunshine States. And then we found out. You know, just the ignorance of how far people will go. And then you have these people Canadians coming back from Florida who spent their whole time down in Florida since the, since this, uh, December getting around rules and then bitching, complaining that they have to follow these new rules coming back into Canada. I don't feel sorry for you. I just, I, you're not going to get pity from me. He says to force Canadian citizens to pay over $2,000 for three nights of accommodations in a government-approved hotel is unreasonable and will be a financial hardship for many. Really? But you could afford to go down to Florida since since December. 
And this is somehow going to be a financial hardship for you coming back. Maybe you should rethink your finances before you go down to Florida every season. Now, while the uh, CSA is supportive of point of entry testing for COVID-19, all, uh, you know, all Canadian airports and land crossings, we are firmly opposed to the imminent mandatory hotel quarantine measures to be imposed on by the federal government, too bad. Still, some have also expressed support for the quarantine measures as Canada heads into a third wave of this pandemic. Federal modeling pre, uh, uh, predicts to uh, potentially surpass 12,000 daily cases. Well, just in two days, we did 6,000 new cases. So I guess it wouldn't be hard to surpass 12,000 daily cases. See these, see these idiots who went and traveled and, and, and defied all the travel advisories. You, might, you must not be watching the news down there, see what's going up here in Canada. And for your information, for you travelers that did that, Canada now has surpassed a million infected Canadians. We are back into another form of shutdown, lockdown, pull the emergency break, whatever the government wants to call it. And yet they have the nerve to bitch and complain that they have to follow these rules coming back into Canada when they didn't follow the rules leaving it. You don't have my sympathy and you do not have my pity. Absolutely not. Last year, thousands of people violated quarantine. They proved they can't be trusted. Hence, the government-mandated hotels. Since the start of the pandemic, hundreds of fines have been issued to those flouting the Federal Quarantine Act. And in British Columbia alone, at least 118 violation tickets were issued. And the previous polling released on the heels of the measures found that the vast majority of Canadians supported the new travel restrictions. Well, very few agreed that exceptions should be made to, to uh, the people who went down to Florida back in December, currently south of the border. There should be exceptions to that. There should be exceptions for them. So they, you know, yeah, we'll just give you the exception. Yeah, you just come back. Don't worry about it. It's all good. You know, we forgive you for being idiots in the first place. No, I don't think so. The poll also found that while 40% of Canadians thought some exceptions should be made for those who left the country before the new rules were announced, that sympathy fizzled to 31% when it came to whether we need to be more supportive of the needs of Canadians who coming back, who travel to a second homes or long-term long rentals in places like Florida, Arizona, and Mexico. Interestingly, the people who are harder on, who are hardest on these travelers are older Canadians, which suggests they're making different choices than the people that are seeing who are traveling south and taking their unusual lifestyles. Or maybe there's a few people who would like to, to be these people who are able to do that or, you know, who are upset that other people can do it. No, I'm not upset that, you know, that they're able to, you know, go enjoy the winter months down in Florida and, and Arizona and Mexico when there isn't a flipping pandemic going on. We had travel advisories on right from the get-go. But you just stuck your middle finger up at us anyways and did it anyhow. And then you think you have the right to bitch and complain coming back into your country that you have to follow these new rules. 
uh, you don't think you should have to follow these new rules. You think that the government was going to have a change of heart and say, ah, oh, you know, we forgive you, you know, just come back. Don't worry about it. You don't have to self-isolate and all that stuff. No, that's not going to happen. Just isn't. You know, I've said it from time again, ladies and gentlemen, I am just so sick and tired of people when they think they can just break the rules. Over the weekend in um, Toronto, you know, and this, you know, is just absolutely ridiculous. And the other part about it is that, you know, they, they put it up on, on social media. Now, we'll bring this up here. It just takes a second. Little story here for you. Everyone wants to behave itself here. Get it down to the bottom here. Okay, so this happened um, over the weekend here, this Easter weekend. Dangerous, very, very dangerous. This wild video showed large groups set fire to roadway before stunt driving on Toronto streets. This is how, you know, this is how some people act. Whether you're in Canada, the United States, wherever you are around the country, pulling garbage like this. And then especially, you know, during a pandemic and how dangerous this really is because people are all standing around, you know, this gasoline ignited fire, a ring of fire, while these idiots pull donuts in the middle of it. Now, some people just might just find that funny. I certainly don't find it funny. And of course, neither do the authorities find it funny. But now when the other problem happens that, you know, when incidents such as this happens, you know, when the police show up, you're breaking the law, traffic laws, you're you're lighting the streets on fire with gasoline. You're out there in large crowds when, when it's mandated that you're not supposed to be out there in large crowds. And then yet you jump all over, all over the cop cars and everything else like that. Like who in the frick do you think you are? You know, I mean, have people lost their fricking marbles? They got screws loose in their heads. You know, yes, they, they caught some of them. And then when other and then when they when they disperse, you know, they made their way to other areas of the city to engage in similar activities. Now, the person is now the driver of the vehicle is going to be charged with stunt driving and failing to remain at the scene of a, of a collision. Others who gathered there all also are, are, um, are also going to be charged. You know, it's just absolutely ridiculous what people are doing. To get your shits and giggles in, get your kicks in. And you're pulling dangerous stunts like that on our area roads. Under a quarantine, under a shutdown, a lockdown, whatever the government wants to call it. And you think you can get away with this. This is in a neighborhood, ladies and gentlemen. This isn't just out in some back roads and stuff like that. They're, they're fooling around with this. No, this is at major intersections in the city of Toronto. Uh, 
That is absolutely ridiculous. Now, got some other things coming up here. Now, I think this is the one that I want. Yeah, this one here, ladies and gentlemen, like so many people all over the world have experienced this due to COVID-19. Your loved ones, even maybe even friends who contracted COVID-19 either from their significant other or friends They lose their life because they were infected with COVID-19. Now, I've mentioned here yesterday, too, about our essential workers and our teachers that it's really, you know, necessary. And, you know, the doctors are calling for it that, you know, we start vaccinating our teachers and we start vaccinating our essential workers in order to protect them. Now this story here, ladies and gentlemen, you may want to grab a box of Kleenex. And if you can't stay on and listen to the whole story, I understand that. But I'm just warning you now. This is an Ontario woman in her 40s has died after she contracted COVID-19 from her husband who got sick after being told to go to work despite there being a known COVID outbreak at the factory where he was employed. The woman's husband was told that since the outbreak wasn't among employees on his shift, he still had to go into work and wasn't entitled to pay if he chose not to. But said he's sharing this doctor sharing their story in hopes that lessons can be learned about outbreaks in essential workplaces. He also did not want to release, you know, the name of the company where this man worked at. He was told to go into work at his factory and he got COVID. So did everyone else on his shift. And they got the variant, this doctor said. It got brought home, their daughter got COVID and his wife got COVID. He said the woman ended up in critically ill and was admitted to intensive care. You know, she started in a position where we could talk to her, but we had to intubinate her. And then she got sick. We couldn't keep her alive with just a ventilator. It took a team of 17 people to place the woman on an extra membrane oxygenization machine, which is used to transmit oxygen into the blood cells when the lung is so badly hurt, it can no longer do its own job. It is used at the last resort when a ventilator is not enough to treat a patient. The woman was then transported to the Toronto General Hospital, but died about 24 hours after arriving. She has a family, 
and unfortunately they will never see her again the closest the family got to any type of goodbye was watching her on zoom while she was paralyzed and sedated they never got to say goodbye and never will And these calls grow to go out and get these essential workers vaccinated. The mayor of Toronto says the province needs to retool its COVID-19 vaccine priority to focus on the hardest hit regions and essential workers and, and just and stop just moving down the age pyramid to determine eligibility. The mayor of Toronto says that the spread in areas where essential workers cannot stay home is unacceptable and that the current regime of vaccine rollout is not reaching them. This could have been prevented. We need to be taking vaccines out to higher risk places of employment, taking vaccines out to buildings in high risk neighborhoods so we can proactively go out and put those needles in arms, said the mayor of Toronto. The present vaccine priority phase, which began this month, includes essential supply chain workers, teachers and others who cannot work from home but shots have primarily still been aimed at the general population ages 60 and up. And meanwhile, intensive care admissions hit a pandemic high on Sunday, yesterday, with more than 470 people currently being treated in Ontario hospitals. And the recent modeling suggested that even in a in better than worst case scenario, the number of COVID-19 patients in Ontario hospitals and ICUs might, might hit 18, uh, 800 by the end of April. This gentleman was basically made to go to work or he would not get, a, get paid and then his uh, his ent entire shift has an outbreak. He's infected, infects his family, and his wife dies. There's so many stories like this all over the world. And yet, with what I mentioned uh, on the Toronto streets happening over this weekend with that reckless behavior. And the recklessness of people gathering in large groups or holding large parties, disobeying the orders put in place. We just had another outbreak on the university um, residents because for some reason not all residents on the university can go home yet uh, because it's a certain type of classes that they have that they have to have in class learning where the rest of the university students on campus must pack their bags and go home. This is the sixth outbreak in three weeks on the university housing. We know how this spreads, ladies and gentlemen, and it can spread that easily. And it's not just some people going to work or essential workers, you know, working in warehouses and our factories and, and doing everything that they possibly can. And it's not, you know, 
yes, in, in warehousing and factories, you know, people make more money than others, but then you have the people who are only making minimum wage. Where it's come to the point that they're so scared to go to work and they have to make that choice of, of putting food on their table and keeping their lights on and to go get a paycheck. And you know that you've maybe had an outbreak at your place of employment and you're afraid to go to work. And then your employer tells you, you got to go to work anyways. And this is the end result. It's frustrating, ladies and gentlemen, for a whole lot of people out there. And maybe for yourselves who are listening here and on my show. We're all going through a lot of different things during this pandemic. And losing loved ones during this pandemic is tragic. It's tragic anytime that we lose a loved one, but this disease, this virus, So many people get infected and they die. The neighbors to our South, the United States of America, 560,000 people gone. And I don't take it lightly when people and complain and I don't like it when people say this is nothing but a hoax this is all made up by the government and you do read nothing but conspiracy theories and, and believe them I don't take too kindly to that and the ignorance, I don't take too kindly to that. Maybe yourself, you're like that as well. It's sad when you hear stories like this and there's thousands and thousands of stories out there, maybe millions of stories out there like this. We're all going through this together. It's not like we can just pack up and go to another planet and say the hell with Earth. We're stuck here. This is our environment. This is our world. And it's up to all of us how this is going to play out. What part are you going to play? I know what part I'm going to play and I've been playing it from the get go. And that's following the rules and doing everything I can to protect myself and my families. No, my family as of yet. Has come down with COVID and I keep my fingers crossed every single day and hope and pray that none of us get it. Because every step that you take can help you. But when you have outbreaks in businesses and we know it's all in the um, essential services because you know when all the non-essential services were shuttered for weeks on end months on end the outbreaks were in all the essential workplaces and of course partiers people gather gathering in large groups How is your workplace
you know, what are their, what, what, what have they put in place? What are their, their rules? What are their protocols? Now I've seen it from time and time again, being, being a truck driver, uh, doing, doing city because I don't do long haul anymore. And I haven't done long haul for some time. I go to, uh, businesses, warehousing and all these things. And from time to time of what I see is people not even wearing their masks properly. They got their mask down under their nose or they got it under their chin or they have it hanging off their ears in the place of business. And you wonder why you have outbreaks. And what are the companies doing about that? I didn't see anybody saying anything to anybody. Others were wearing their masks properly. Others weren't. Didn't see any supervisor or anybody around saying, hey, get that mask on your face properly. But the outbreaks are happening in our workplaces. It is happening with our essential working workers. It is happening with, with schools. It's happening everywhere. I just ask you to do your part and do it the best that you can. Prevention is the best policy. Uh, thank you, ladies and gentlemen, for taking the time out of your morning to join me here on the Truckers Podcast. This is the Truckers Podcast. I'm your host, Doug, from London, Ontario, Canada. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. Enjoy the rest of your day. Enjoy the rest of your your week. Take care and be safe. Thank you.